We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Black Swans. And even the Bison. You know what we mean. The Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Australia's most populous state has recorded more than 6,000 new daily COVID-19 cases for the first time. That adds a somber note to Christmas celebrations there. It's the state of New South Wales where all those cases have cropped up. 6,288 infections over the past 24 hours. That's an increase of 676 compared to the previous day. Delaware State University will delay the return of students to campus by two weeks. It's because of the surge in coronavirus cases that's being driven by the Omicron variant. Classes will begin as planned on January 10th, but will be held virtually for those two weeks. The school is also requiring all students to get a COVID-19 booster shot before coming back to campus. That's correspondent John Scott. Tulane University in New Orleans is delaying the start of its spring semester because of the latest surge in coronavirus cases. This is SRN News. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, Our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. SurroundMSP.com, connecting you with new customers. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? That's right. Big Lou and Term Provider have the only single-dose solution in town, a $1 million term life insurance policy. Yep, a $1 million term life insurance policy with no side effects. One call to Big Lou can lead to an entire estate vaccination that will provide 100% guaranteed protection against estate taxes and debt, even if you are a bit porky or have a splash of sugar diabetes. In fact, a 50-year-old male may qualify for half a million dollars of coverage for less than 100 bucks per month, a million for less than 200 per month. Call Big Lou at Term Provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects. Call 800-555-2085 right now. 800-555-2085. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He follows the science, too. Call 800-555-2085 or visit BigLou.com. Big Lou doesn't give tax advice. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's a strange doctor. Strange doctor. We finally made it to campus. So what you're hearing uh, in the last hour in this is, is a, an expanded version of what's usually about a 45 to 50 minute lecture I give um, to a classroom that has already learned about gift exchange in primitive societies and instead turns to talking about gift exchanges that happen in modern societies, typically around holidays such as Christmas or Hanukkah. And... To do, and, and the short answer to this comes from the, the short version of this comes from, this is a very small clip describing the study that kind of kicked this all off, at least for me. 
um, from uh, Joel Walfogel. This this is a description in a in a piece at Marginal Revolution University by Tyler Cowan and Alex Tabarak. Let's play it, please. One economist, Joel Walfogel, he surveyed a large group of people, and he found that on average, givers spend about fifty dollars on gifts. The recipients only valued at a little over forty dollars. In recent years, Americans they've been spending about a hundred billion dollars every year on Christmas presents. So that means that we're wasting eighteen to twenty billion dollars a year. So even if you're right that some gifts create value, on average, gifts still seem pretty wasteful. And yet we do it, right? We continue to give these gifts. And so you you have to think to yourself, there's something wrong with that. Are people just stupid? Right? What, what, when we try to give cash, we tend to think the people who receive it have kind of a weird reaction to it. Let's play the first Seinfeld clip again. Maybe you won't like it. Oh, how could I not like it? Of course I like it. You could not like it. Just the fact that you remembered means everything. Of course I remembered. It reminded me every day for two months. <laughs> oh, the card. <laughs> cash? What do you think? You got me cash? Well, that's right. You can go out and get yourself whatever you want. No good? Are you my uncle? But if I don't give you cash, I run the risk of losing somewhere around 15 to 20 percent of the value of what I spent because I don't have enough knowledge and I don't have good incentives to do that. But the point here has been so far on what we've said so far is getting someone a gift that has sentimental value to the recipient. Maybe it's taking them taking them on a vacation where you're giving your time. If you offer your grandmother a walk in a park, it's probably going to mean as much to her as getting her a card, getting her a gift card to go out for dinner. Getting her a gift card to go out for dinner isn't valuable, but taking her to dinner and putting your time to it, that's fine. She'll, okay, you could, as as Arthur Brooks writes in his piece on Christmas giving, uh, Arthur Brooks, the president of the American Enterprise Institute, he says, tell grandma that you were planning to buy her a Mercedes, but after reading some social science research, you decided to take her to the park instead. She might look a little disappointed, but no doubt in her heart, she will be glad that you took her to the park and spent time with her. Those are the things that are important, after all. My mom is not happy that I'm here doing a radio program with you rather than flying to see her um, on, on Christmas, right? And she said, she says to me, I can buy you a ticket. And I'm like, Mom, it's not the ticket. I've got, I've got, three, I've got three people up here, four people up here, who really would like to see Grandpa or, or Dad or Husband. At Christmas, and as much as I'd like to see Mom too, we live in different places, so I'll have to catch you a little bit later, perhaps around, perhaps around uh, uh, the the Orthodox uh, Orthodox Christmas coming up on the sixth of January. My father's family being Armenian, that was always a day that we marked as part of our ritual for for Christmas. Let me dispense with one other thing, okay? Um, re-gifting. Right? Have you ever received a gift and thought to yourself, oh, I don't think I really want that. Maybe I should re-wrap it and give it to somebody else instead. Right? Well, people tend to think that that's a terrible, that's a terrible idea. That you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. That That's a social taboo. But there's been studies that have, in fact, there's been five studies that that have shown, in fact, that, um, that in fact, they're not offended by this. Right? What would be better? 
re-gifting something or putting the gift in the closet and not using it? Re-gifting or throwing it away? Right? Givers often believe, givers believe, this is from a study that I'll, I'll tweet to you, and you can follow the show along at pound KBRS if you want to see social science research on the art of, give, on the act of giving. This is, this is from, uh, the, uh, from Psychological Science. This is a journal of the Association for Psychological Science. Um, givers believe that the act of giving passed title to the gift onto the receivers. The receivers were free to decide what to do with the gift. In contrast, receivers believe that givers retain some say in how their gifts are used. So it's the receivers that actually have the problem with re-gifting what they've, what they've gotten. And so Arthur Brooks, who actually gives me the link to the, the original piece, and I'll tweet, I'll tweet Brooks's piece to you as well. I think I did so earlier in the week, but we'll do that again here at Pound KBRS. Okay. Participants in the study reported that if they gave something an, someone an unwanted gift, they would prefer to be given away than thrown away outright. So that's something. So the key is, I think, to follow the fruitcake principle. If you don't value it, don't re-gift it. Only pass on things you yourself own and authentically treasure. So I received something from a, from a co-worker just this past week. I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to the show. And so I think I'm going to get, get away with talking about this. She said, my wife looks at it and she says to me, and it's, it, and it's a tree ornament. And I've received several of these in the past, in the past uh, two weeks. And my wife says, looks at this one and says, says, can we re-gift this? And I said, to whom would you re-gift it? And she said, well, I don't know. And I said, so here's the rule. It's the fruitcake principle. If you value that, but you think the person who's going to receive it will value it as much as we do, then you can absolutely give it to them. Don't worry about the person that gave it to me. I, that part I can explain. But if you're giving it away because you just don't want it around the house, right? that's, that's not going to be good. But the actual research says if the other person is actually going to value and use it, chances are the person that gave it to you actually values it, actually would prefer you give it away to somebody else rather than just throw it in the trash. So what do you think? Is re-gifting a terrible, a terrible thing? Um, so in another study, scholars at Carnegie Mellon, according, this again according to Art Brooks, Scholars at Carnegie Mellon recently demonstrated were more likely to give practical gifts that seem personal, like a jersey for the, the recipient's favorite football team, than sentimentally valuable ones, like a cherished photo we have had for years. But recipients want the other one as well. So, if, you, if, your friend, if a friend gives you something you truly love and you think will make someone else happy as well, feel free to re-gift it. But if it's a fruitcake... You're not fooling anybody. Just toss that sucker away. Do you get fruitcakes? Does anyone even still make them? They've been so disparaged. Um, last night, even, my, uh, my wife plays, uh, plays piano, as, as many listeners know, here on Business 1440. Many of my, my wife plays for several different groups. She's, um, she's been... We refer to her as the itinerant pianist, um, traveling from place to place, playing piano here or there. She'll she's we're, she's playing uh, two uh, Christmas services because a a church turned out its pianist wasn't available on Christmas Eve. I'm like, who doesn't have a pianist on Christmas Eve? It's terrible. And my wife, you know, says, well, we'll 
I'll, I'll take care of that for you. I'll play the piano for you. So anyway, she was playing for a group last night, um, and they gave her they gave her some Slovenian fruit bread of some kind. And she said, and she got it home, and she says, I'm not sure I want it. And I said, well, let me try a slice. It's good. So it's almost, it's almost the case that the only time I think you should ever give away a fruitcake is if you know that fruitcake is actually good. Arthur Brooks has one more idea that I want to share with you along with a couple other things. And then we're going to also turn in this, in this hour to the story of Christmas itself and the economics of the Christmas story. We'll have that for you after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation, and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. Need new windows but don't want to sit through long, high-pressure sales calls? I get it. What if I told you you could get competitive quotes from three contractors after one short meeting with me on any window brand? And it's all free. Visit My 3 Quotes online. That's My 3 Quotes. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own. Whether it's for your personal system or business, Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems a boot, Arby's Computer Service. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. Welcome back. King Daniel Show, Business 1440. Just a little bit more on Christmas gift giving. And there's a point I was trying to make earlier on here on Business 1440 has been our belief, right? So I've been tweeting to you has been the stories that talk about and, and articles from uh, research that show 
sentimental gifts tend to do better. Here is the real, real problem, right, for me. In finance, we typically believe that people that try to pick individual stocks, okay, over time, typically do not do as well as those that just buy broad market indices. Buy and hold, don't try to time, dollar cost averaging, all of those stories. What are those stories about? They're stories that are that at the base of them have, we actually don't know very well what we think we know. That we make mistakes and have too much confidence in our own choosing abilities. Now, one of the things that gift-giving does is it tries to act as a signal, right? It tries to signal to others what it is that, that we think about them. So when I encourage you to think about sentimental gifts, there's still the problem that you might mess it up. You might make a mistake and not really not really uh, get the gift, the right gift for them. You might not be able to do very well. And it relates to our ability, inability to really think through and choose and, and, and make smart choices about the types of investments we make. We tend to think that we're smarter than the market and, and that we're not. So there was a study, this is many, many years ago. Um, there was a study that was done uh, by marketing scholars in, Nether- in the Netherlands and, and in Belgium that showed images of bedroom furniture to couples who had been together for at least six months. So they separated the, the, the pair each pair, and asked them each to choose the style he or she liked best. And then asked each, each, and then half were asked to predict what their partners would prefer, and the other half was given information about the preferences of a stranger called Person X and asked to choose styles for them based on those preferences. Guess which one they did, they did better on? Because they had the information. So you're in a room looking at different, at, at different groups of furniture. And you're saying, here's what I like. And here's what my partner would like. And then, but they've asked your partner the same question. How many times do you guess what your partner likes? How many times do you, in fact, do better at guessing what some random person X would like? And the answer is, and unsurprisingly, now that you, I've kind of given away the secret, you do better at you do better at person X than you do at your own partner who you've been with together for at least half a year. Right? The more information you have in your head about somebody, the less you're able to tease out their likes and d- dislikes. Right? And part of that is we tend, when we try to signal to somebody, to impose our own preferences on our partners, which we would never do because we're nice people. We don't do that to strangers. So there's some part of signaling in giving a gift to somebody, you know, something that's supposed to be sentimental, that is a bit paternalistic, and we act more paternalistically to those that we're around. So let's... Let's listen to uh, Tyler Cowen and, and Alex Tabarek's Marginal, Revenu- Rev- Marginal Revolution University. You try saying it three times fast uh, as discussing paternalistic st- signaling. I also see that some gifts are given for paternalistic reasons. I give my daughter mittens even though she may not want them. It's called out. Gifts can also signal our intentions and our values even when the gift is imperfect. I wouldn't try proposing with cash in my hand, even if my prospective fiancé would prefer that cash to the diamonds. Well, that's very wise. You would never give cash as a gift as a, a, right? Think about this, right? When we propose marriage, we exchange a specific type of jewel. It's a custom, right? Does the recipient of the, of the ring really value it? No, probably not. Look at how many couples will actually both wear wedding bands, but the actual, 
the actual engagement ring itself is in a box in, in the bedroom or maybe even been sold, maybe at a time when the couple actually needed some money and, they, and decided, you know what, it might be better to just give that away rather than, than do something else. But signaling is, a, is something we want to do when we give gifts. We right, think go back, go back. You know what? Play the second Seinfeld clip again, please. Hey, oh, Elaine, I'm glad you're here. Stay, stay right here. I'm, I'm going to be right back. Stay. <laughs> oh, what is this? Yeah. You got me something? Yeah, yeah. Open. Oh, this creamer. Huh? Great. You remember when we were standing there and she mentioned it? I made a mental note of it. Well, goody for you. Oh, yeah. See, I'm very sensitive about that. That's the signal. He wanted to show her. I'm sensitive. I get that. So he is, I mean, he's in fact signaling that he, he would be interested in Elaine as maybe more than just a friend. Of course, Elaine doesn't think very much of this idea at all, but... He's trying to he's trying to send a signal along as well. Now, what I don't remember from the show because I didn't go back and watch the whole episode is where was this bench before? What store did they buy? Did 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 Kramer buy it from? Because one last thing that we sometimes do with with gifts is we bring them from far away. the The ornament that I was just describing to my wife actually came from a foreign country. And my co-worker had actually brought it back from there for my benefit. So sometimes search costs are involved in gift giving. Let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and play that. Hold on, Alex. I see a few cases where gift giving can create value. Don't be such a Scrooge. Ah, now, I know your tastes in economics books, for instance. So if I read a good book on the economics of crime and I pass it on to you, well, that's value creation. That's right? true. That's true. Okay. So gift giving can work when it lowers the recipient's search costs. Yeah. Now, t- in these days, that seems like probably the least reasonable way to think about gift giving because everything seems to be available on the internet at fairly low cost and so when search costs are lowered this is one less way in which gift giving might be helpful but it certainly is possible the gift that my my co-worker brought to me was not something that i could buy here in the united states and i didn't go check but i'm pretty sure having looked at it that comes from a place that I would not have been able to advertise it and deliver it to me overseas over the Internet. So I think, in fact, that search costs could be a real way in which, in which gift-giving could be, in fact, in gift-giving could be, in fact, efficient. But to the last point, to the last point that I want to make about this is, sim- is, simply, is simply this. It doesn't really matter how your gift is, but it turns out that what people really like are gifts that are well-wrapped. Right. I, I remember a, uh, uh, people, peop, if you go to uh, the mall, you'll see, you'll see the tree. Under the tree are lots of, of empty boxes that have been beautifully wrapped. Right? But it's meant to enhance people's, uh, 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 it enhances people's willingness to buy. So it turns out that if you look at, if you look at, uh, at research, it's, if you look at research on, in evolutionary biology, male, spout, male spiders of a particular type, uh, brown spiders, give food gifts to prospective mates. The nutrition value of the food gift is really next to nothing. But the way in which a spider demonstrates the, how much they want to, to have the female, a male spider wants the female spider to be a mate, is in the wrapping of the gift. It's, it's really interesting to me that both Jerry and Kramer wrap their gifts for Elaine, and they both look like really nice, nicely wrapped gifts. Because it's a bench, 
It was hard. Okay, Jerry puts cash in a box. Um, Kramer just wraps the bench as it is, but does takes the effort of putting a whole bunch of wrapping paper around the bench to give her the pleasure of, of unwrapping it. So no matter what you do, if you've bought your box of your box from some internet place, internet store and had it shipped to you, take the time to wrap it. It's interesting to me right now, it is hard. There are many places that will no longer over the internet that no longer wrap presents for you. Put put them in wrapping paper. Do it yourself. Okay. Um, so maybe that's, and, and as, so maybe that's one last lesson to have at the end of the show today. If you're still following along on Twitter at pound KBRS, there's an NPR piece that was just put up, uh, over the last couple of days about how to wrap your gifts. Well, we offer it to you here as a public service from the King Banyan show on business 1440. I'll have a blue, blue. Christmas without you I'll be so blue blue just thinking oh thinking about you decorations of red on a green Christmas tree that won't be the same, dear. Boy, if you were not here with me, oh, windows blue, blue snowflakes start falling. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Non-licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. With the holidays right around the corner, would a little extra cash come in handy? Instead of loading up those high-interest credit cards, get the cash you need the smart way. With home values at all-time highs and interest rates still low, Cash Call Mortgage can help you get the cash you need from your home's equity and get a low interest rate at the same time. How does a cash-out refinance mortgage and a rate in APR in the twos sound? We'll even cover the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. Need extra holiday cash? Want to pay off high-interest debt? Or just put money away for a rainy day? Then a cash-out refi from Cash Call Mortgage is the perfect solution. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800 824 3853 800-824-3853 Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep, I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, 
please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Prolife Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Christmas edition on Business 1440. Thank you so much for listening. I was, um, I, the reason we did this show today was, was basically threefold. There's always, every year, um, around this time, these stories that come out about how economists think of Christmas, and I think they mislead. All right? When that's... I think they lead you to think that e-commerce are just thoughtless sons of guns that only give away um, cash and aren't terribly grateful for the gifts they receive. That's not true. We understand that gift giving is is part of has been part of society back to primitive times. That while cash is an efficient gift in one respect, gift giving often involves giving away memories or sentiments as much as it does material. Giving experiences is as important as giving away giving away direct value. I don't necessarily need all the ties and socks that my, my family gives me, but I can always tell you which ties my wife gave me at Christmas or my birthday or which socks my son bought me in part because I know that if their socks or ties, there's a good chance I'm not the one that bought them. And that memory, that connection, is part of what matters. So, I, you know, I just wanted to get that out. But I was also, I was also provoked because I'd, I'd wanted to do a segment or two on air about this particular piece. I was provoked uh, during my Bible study um, a few weeks ago. Um, with uh, a reference to the to the Christmas story about the fact that uh, baby Jesus was born in a feeding trough. That is what a manger is, after all. And the suggestion was, the suggestion was at first that that somehow. He had ended up in a feeding trough, and, and, and the proximate cause of the feeding trough was that that was the only place offered to Mary and Joseph by the innkeeper. Now, for those of you that are familiar, familiar with the Gospels, you probably will go immediately to the fact that the, 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 the phrase from the, from the Christmas carol, there was no room in the inn. So he was born in a stable. He was born in a manger. Right? And for those of you that speak French, if you spell out that word and, and, and look at it through your French dictionary, manger, it, it's the verb to eat in French. Verifying the fact that where Jesus was born was indeed a feeding trough. My pastor, who was the one that made the comment, was right. But the, the implication was that, that the innkeeper had sent him there. And so I started to, to, to raise an objection, which, which is, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed by the church that I get to, uh, that I attend and, and the Bible study, which this pastor helps to lead. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed in the fact that we have these rather significant discussions and so I said the inn was full, and and um, and he and he said yes, that's right, the inn was full. And I said there were no inns available at all, right? I said yeah, that's right. 
Why were there no inns available? Why was there no place for why was there no place for him to stay? For Mary and Joseph to stay? And what was Joseph doing in Bethlehem anyway? And he said, Well, of course he was there. He was there, of course, for for the census that the Romans had, had commanded. And I said, Ah, yes, that's right, that is. So the town was crowded. And the town was crowded because the the occupants of of Israel at the time, the Romans, had decided to have a census. Now, why did they decide to have a census? And what was the purpose of the census? Do we, you know? Because when when most people hear the word census, what they think to is is that is that the Romans wanted to count up bodies. That, in fact, isn't the purpose of a Roman census. The Roman census is for the purpose of trying to figure out who, who has money to pay taxes. So what you have to remember, so what I thought I'd talk about for a few minutes that you might want to share around a Christmas table or, so, that, so that if you have to have someone bring up the Christmas story and accuse the innkeeper of being greedy or uncaring, I would argue the innkeeper is, in fact, not at all uncaring. He offered the family a place to stay. There's no indication of whether, of whether Joseph was asked to pay, to pay a, you know, pay a room charge for the use of the stable and, and, and use of the feeding trough. No use it as that. On that part, on that part, the pastor's absolutely right. But it's worth thinking about what was happening at that time. And and to do that, you have to actually know a little bit about the public financing of the Roman Empire. So the Roman Empire gets money in two ways. It gets money through it gets money through indirect in, in indirect taxation. So if you traveled over a bridge, a toll would be charged. If you shipped goods from one place to another, there would be a tariff charged. And those taxes, those taxes went to the treasury. But the main way in which, in which the Romans, in many societies of that period, collected money was through taxation of land. Right? You didn't tax labor at the time. Not directly. You indirectly taxed labor by, by charging them to use bridges and to ship goods. But most people paid tax by most people paid a tax by um, for the ownership of land. And so there had to be measurement of land and, and the Bible the Bible contains, you know, in many places, particularly in the Old Testament. Detailed measurements from the size of Noah's Ark to to the measurements of the temple. Right? Romans developed Romans and 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 Egyptians developed ways to measure how many how many acres of land somebody had. They didn't use the word acres, right? They didn't use feet, they didn't have the metric system. All right, you measured the size of the ark in cubits. Okay. But there were measurements. And these measurements had to be done by somebody. Now, now to, to understand the rest of the story, you actually have to understand that, in fact, the Romans were not going to send their precious soldiers out to assess, assess what was happening. So when, when in, Ma- in, in the Gospel of Matthew, Quirinius is said to have commanded a census, and this is a, de- this is a debate. There are people who want to deny, uh, deny the, the, the veracity of the Bible, and they will say, there wasn't a census, Quirinius wasn't there, and so on. I'm not, 
I, I'm not interested in debating the accuracy of every verse of the Bible. It is, it, I, I'm an economist, I'm not, I'm not a biblical scholar. But I'm an economist that teaches comparative systems, and one of the systems that we do in comparison is we discuss the economy of the, Rome, of the Roman Empire. And one of the ways in which the Roman Empire got money was through, was through taxing land, but they didn't, have an, an, they didn't have an administration whereby there would be a county recorder that would measure the land, a surveyor that would, would, would actually say who has what. What they would have is someone that would come in and talk to each person and decide how much land you had, what was its value, and therefore, what was its tax. The census of the, of the, of the Christmas story is for the purpose of taxing landowners, of which Joseph was one. So Joseph wasn't this this Joseph wasn't this very impoverished person. He was able to afford to afford a room at the inn, but there was no room at the inn because the Romans had commanded all of the all of the landowners into their hometowns for the purpose of figuring out how much to tax them. The innkeeper faced with this enormous demand for rooms because of the census taking, has to find some way to house all of them. So the innkeeper is not some greedy son of a gun. The innkeeper is trying to figure out a way to keep demand. I'll tell you a little bit more about the Roman story and the fact that one of the, the authors of one of the, Bible, one of, one of the Gospels is in fact someone who plays a key role in that tax system. Back after this, you're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. I get the holiday fever now Every time you walk by my house Yeah, you find me up Though a cold front is turning the weather if Santa asked me for what I wish, I'd point to you and say, there she is. I've been a real good boy, do you think we could get together? Got to get you under my tree, my back of my Christmas tree. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love if you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. Hi everyone, this is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex I'm Staff Sergeant Stevens. William Lewis and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve. 
is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com Get that rack shack attack, rack shack barbecue. Pick it up or take it out, rackshacktogo.com or rackshackdelivery.com. It's so easy. Hey, you've been working hard. Half the staff is gone and your crew needs a lift. Go to rackshacktogo.com for pickup or rackshackdelivery.com and we'll bring it out to you. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that rackshack attack, rackshack barbecue. Oh, 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 yeah. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Run, run, new dog. Welcome back. Last uh, segment of the Christmas edition of the King Banyan Show. Thank you for being with us today. Let me remind you to go over to Spotify at spotify.com and in the search box type Spotify colon user colon KYCR underscore studio. Okay, Spotify colon user colon KYCR underscore studio. We'll post uh, shortly, shortly after this at Twitter at pound KBRS the Christmas show playlist that I think will actually take you well through the Christmas holiday. It's a little rocky, and it's very Christmassy. You'll love it. So we've been talking about the Roman census that to which uh, Joseph and Mary rode to Bethlehem for. And it was, it's so, it, it, so he, they had to go. He went to register and register that he was to be married to Mary because that's part of what they were measuring. But for the there was, you know, there was really no way around it. It wasn't like he had a choice. Nobody had a choice. When the, when the Romans told you to go to a census, you had to go, and you had to pay taxes. But there's another part to the story, it's no, or what's likely part of the story, based on contemporaneous histories, that I think is true, and, but not necessarily. So this is, this is not a biblical biblically inspired observation. So let me be careful about that. When he went to register for the census, who did Joseph speak to? Would it have been would it have been a member of the Roman government? Chances are not. For about the hundred for about a hundred years before the birth of Christ it was popular for the Romans who had expanded their empire dramatically without actually building up the bureaucracy that would come with it later on in the first and second centuries after Christ's death. It was popular for them to actually engage in something called tax farming or revenue farming, which basically was the the case where a group of people who were known as publicans or telonis in Greek, um, publicans would in fact would in fact bid on pieces of the conquered empire, and say, "I promise that I will I will give you this much money if you give me the right to go collect the taxes in this area." Now, publicans weren't just tax collectors, although as things moved along, they eventually were. These publicans would often be be allowed or, or would be charged with also providing some 
services in the area in which they were collecting taxes. So they would be told, you have the power to take some of that tax revenue and use it to uh, build a road or, or build, a, build a wall in this place. The money that the tax collector, the, the publican would receive, so what would happen is the, the, the publican would give the Roman emperor an amount of money, this is what they've bid on, and then the publican takes the risk that they may not be able to collect taxes enough to cover what they gave in the loan to the, to the Romans. They would go back and they would get interest on the loan, and if they collected more in taxes than what they had bid and paid to Rome, all that extra money went in the pocket. You can see why publicans or tax collectors throughout the Gospels end up being quite uh, vilified by many of, many of the writers. Save for one, Matthew. Doesn't really vilify them. There's a good reason for that. Before becoming a disciple, Matthew was a publican. He, in fact, was one of those folks who would have been waiting at the census. Not he's. There's no evidence that he's the one waiting. He, he probably he doesn't seem like he could have been the one that was there who received Joseph and Mary to register them. Right? He would have been too. He would have been too young at the time. He'd been a boy. Been a boy by my understanding of of the history. But someone like that was collecting the money on their behalf because the Romans had not yet built out an administration so that they could have had a tax collection office in Bethlehem. So chances are there was a tax collector, a publican, who had bid for the right and then had everybody come in and do it. By the way, they also didn't do all the censuses in the same places at the same time. They would come later. So the Roman census was a tax collection device. Joseph and Mary were in were in Bethlehem to pay their taxes. Share that around the Christmas table. Hey, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. John, Merry Christmas, and thank you for helping us out here today. Merry Christmas, gang. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. And, and may God bless each and every one of you on your Christmas holiday. Here We've been the King Banyan Show here on Business 1440. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Every day... The men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today, or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation.
for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh. Because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. And I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman, and often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts. Common Sense.